I have in my hand a double A battery. This double A battery, those these are like little nuggets of gold in this house. I'll tell you this right now, I don't know about your house, but in this house right here, this is like a nugget of gold because no doubt the remote's gonna die. No doubt something's gonna go down and we're gonna need one or two of these. No doubt. And when you don't have it, you what do you do? You rob Peter to pay Paul, right? You take it off of this remote. Oh, who's ever done that? Give me a thumbs up if you've ever done that right now. You take something out of one thing and you put it in there. You're like, I got to find a way to survive, right? You got to find a way to, 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 to keep this thing rolling, right? Well, the other day, we didn't have one of these precious little things. I had this, this C battery, right? I had this this battery in the drawer, and it, it's pretty close to this, it's actually this, oh, the same size, you know, height-wise, but it's a different battery. And it doesn't fit in the devices that I needed this to fit two of these into. And it doesn't matter that I had this, though it will provide energy, it's the same concept, has the same role, right? This is what I needed. And what happens is sometimes we forget that God is a very specific thing for your life and a specific empowerment for you. And that thing over here doesn't fit this thing over here. For instance, we look at David, right? David went to the front line. He was going to deliver bread and cheese. It's a cheesy bread delivery boy. He was delivering cheesy bread to the front lines. And here, the delivery boy who was delivering cheesy bread, yummy by the way, right? Cheesy bread, he finds out that, oh, I this dude. He, he then said, you know what, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? You know what? When he decided that he was going to challenge, Saul says, I'll give you my armor. And it didn't fit David. David says, I don't need that armor. I, I'm going to go the way I'm going to go. I can't. There's only so much I can do with other people's stuff. This is not how God has called you to live. God has called you to fit a certain... And how do you discern that? How do you know where you're at? What do you do with what you have? And so, there's some people that are trying to fit this where this goes. And there are things and people in your life that you're trying to fit in that don't belong there. You need to discern what that looks like. So I want to talk to you a message this morning, this morning entitled, I need to see it. I need to see it. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that there are things that you need to see in your life that nobody else can do for you. Nobody else can fit in your life right now to see this. You need to see it with your own eyes. And discernment is part of that. There's a certain understanding and awareness of clarity that comes when, when, when we have spent time with the Holy Spirit. When we have spent time with the Holy Spirit, believers, mature believers, who are practicing the presence of God in their lives, they can discern evil and good. And you know what the problem is sometimes? God isn't always pushing us to try to conceive what is evil and what is good. Most of the time as believers, we have to discern what is good from what is best. I think we come across more issues about what is good and what is best than what is good and evil. 
I think the further you're away from God, the more there is a good and evil. But the closer you get to Jesus, the more you have to realize, I have to discern not what is good and evil, but what is good and what is best. I need to see it. I need to see it for myself. We're talking about being empowered by discernment. And discernment doesn't come naturally. My friends, listen to me. Discernment doesn't come naturally. The Holy Spirit, who when you accept Jesus as your Savior, that Holy Spirit comes into your life and gives you that discernment. He's the one that says, "Uh uh-uh, that's not good. Or, yes, take that. Or, no, don't take that job. Some of you have not listened to that voice. And you took a job that wasn't yours to take. He tried to tell you, don't take that job. He tried to nudge you, but you wouldn't listen. Not because you didn't want to, but because you weren't close enough to hear the voice. We have to be a people that see things that God reveals. We have to be a people that see things that only God reveals. So let me tell you this right now. If you would turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning of verse 7. Let's turn there really quickly. First Corinthians chapter 7, sorry, chapter 2, verse 7 to 13. Beginning in verse 7, I want to talk about how God's wisdom is revealed by the Holy Spirit. Watch this. This is for everyone. Listen, if you know Jesus, if you accepted Jesus, if you know him as your Savior and and Lord, let me tell you this right now. There's no reason that you shouldn't have the discernment of the Holy Spirit in your life. He is right there and available for you. So here we go. What do we... Have to look at. Have to look at. Let's look at verse. Um, let's look at verse seven. Right. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden, that God destined for our glory. Before time begin. Listen to this. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they they would have gotten, they would have been crucified. Rather, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things... God has prepared for those who love him. Listen to verse 10. Listen to verse 10. These are the things God has revealed, keyword being revealed, to us by his spirit. Now listen, I want you to know something. That word revealed is the same word we get from the book of Revelation of the word apocalypto. 
revealed is actually the word revelation, which means something that has been uncovered. Now listen to it like this then. These are the things God has uncovered, verse 10, uncovered to us by his spirit. God desires to uncover things for you today. He desires to uncover the truths of his word. He desires to uncover revelation to you. And so my prayer today is that you would find yourself saying, God, help me to see and uncover what it is you have for me. Come on, give me a thumbs up if you say if you hear what I'm saying right now. And you're saying, you know what? I realize right now that he wants to uncover things in my life. Did you know that? He wants to unveil some things in all of our lives. This spirit of God, he leads us as he did in this text that I want to jump to in just a moment. I want us to stay at that, um, that passage right here in Corinthians. But I want to jump to a couple of verses in Acts. And I just want you to hear them. You can turn there if you want. But I want to read uh, Acts chapter 11 verse 12. And I want, to hear, I want you to hear this. Acts 11 verse 12. And it says this one simple sentence. Watch this. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. What? The Spirit told you? Can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit is alive. And he desires to move in and through you. He desires to speak to you. He desires to give you, no matter how young you are, it doesn't matter where you grew up. It doesn't matter the, your economic background. It doesn't matter your social background. It doesn't matter what has happened in your past. He desires to speak truth into your life. The Spirit told me, as he writes here in Acts, this became commonplace in the New Testament church. The Spirit speaking to people became commonplace. And so how? How is this becoming commonplace? You know why? Because they were willing to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to each of them. Are we really trying to hear what God is saying to us? Are we really trying to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church? How many of us would like to have that activated in our lives? Right? How many of us would like to be like, the Holy Spirit says, no, do this right now. Most of us would say, that's me. I want to do that, right? You want the Holy Spirit to work in your life, right? And so most of us would say, yeah, absolutely. But what, what is it going to take? Well, it's going to take you saying, I decide to make him Lord and Savior of my life every day, not just a moment in time. There was one day where I accepted Jesus, so now everything's peachy and everything's cool. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about every day saying, Jesus, I want you to be Lord in my life. Man, I, there's times I fail when it comes to discernment. I just, maybe I didn't hear God there. But there are other times that I think God knew exactly what he was doing. He warned me and I heard it. And for those of you that know what I'm talking about, there's no more valuable source that when you when you're told to do something by someone and God says no and you follow God's God's leading and as opposed to man's listen that's when you start to realize wow God is actually able to speak to me did you know that no matter how old you are no matter how long you've known Jesus he still wants to speak to you so 
Let's look at Acts 15, 28 for a moment. There's another passage where it says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Acts 15, verse 28. Why? How would you know that it seemed good to the Holy Spirit unless you have some discernment? Listen, this is, this is embedded throughout the New Testament. The New Testament believers, they wanted to see the discernment of the Holy Spirit. They wanted to know what the Holy Spirit was saying. But unfortunately, there are a lot of people that live their lives today. They, they like to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, but it's not important. As long as I have a great service, as long as the Holy Spirit you know, moves in the room and I get a little goosebump, I'm good. Listen, goosebumps won't do it for you. When you need to choose whether you're going to have this job that's maybe a little less money, but you're going to be able to have family time, or this job that's going to pay you serious bucks, but you ain't going to see your kids. You ain't going to see your wife. You're going to be like ships in the night. You got to decide and, and look at it and say, Holy Spirit, what do you say about this? What do you see that I don't see? See, we want to, as believers, we want to continuously say to God, I want to see it. I need to see it. Come on, somebody. Somebody say this right now. I need to see it. Come on, say it with me. I need to see it. See, let, let's continue in this because we looked at verse 10. And we looked at verse 10 and how it said, God has revealed this to us by His Spirit, right? Let's look at this for a moment. Continuing in verse 10, it says this. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? For in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Hear that. Hear that. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is God's Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God's agent to man. It's how he speaks to us. So, watch this. It says, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts except the spirit of God. Spirit of God. God's spirit. What we have received is not the spirit of this world. Come on, somebody. We have not received the spirit of this world. But the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what has freely given us, and what God has freely given us. There's nothing in this world that's going to compare to knowing God's Holy Spirit intimately and knowing that discernment. I need to know. I need to see it. Listen, we learn from the whispers of the Holy Spirit directly depositing truths in our lives. That's how we see the unseen. That's how we live the unlivable life. You say, well, how do you live the unlivable life through the Holy Spirit? There is an understanding that in Christ we are heightened to clarity to God's will. As we walk in Christ, we are privileged to hear what is not seen by the natural eye. Listen, I'm telling you this right now. There are some people that are panicking and worrying and fearing you got no business living in that world. Can I, can I encourage you today to trust the Holy Spirit in a way you never have before? Can I trust you to look at it? Because there's an understanding that, that in Christ, 
there will be a, a heightened clarity to his will. He wants you. Listen, did you know that God wants you to know his will? Some people think that God is trying to hide his will. He doesn't want to hide his will. He doesn't. He doesn't want to hide his will from you. He actually wants to reveal it more than you want to know it. Because he didn't create you to walk in your own will. He created you to walk in happiness, yeah. And joy, yeah. Absolutely. And fulfillment and purpose, yeah. God does want those things. But guess what he doesn't want? He doesn't want you to worry and live in doubt and fear and, and, and clamoring uh, to yourself and clinging to things that are not of him. He didn't choose for you to live that way. Watch this. Let's continue to verse 14 because when we hunger more for the things of God, nothing is more beautiful than his revelation. When he starts to reveal, what do you mean revelation? That sounds very lofty and hype. No, no, no. Revelation is just God opening up his truth to us. That's all that is. The moment you open up the scriptures, the moment you open up the scriptures, what you're saying is, I want more of his revelation for myself. Why do I pray? Because I want more revelation. Why do I worship? Because I want more revelation. I want to see him more. Why do we evangelize? Because we want more revelation. The, listen, the more you expose God, the more you're exposed to him. I want you to hear this. The more you expose God, Right? The more you give God to others, the more you are exposed to Him. There are some moments in my life that I was going through rough patches. And maybe, maybe you could relate to this. Moments in my life I was going through rough patches. And I decided to, I heard him, like in my spirit, the Lord tell me, minister to this person this word. And I would do that. And they would bless me by their response to God. And I would think, wow, what if I didn't say yes? Me exposing God to someone else has made me be exposed to God in a way that I would have never done it. So there are times, guess what? That when you go to church, it's not about you. First of all, it's not about you to begin with. Right? Going to church is not about you. First of all, we give honor to God, you know? We get that connection with God. We get the connection with brothers, sisters, people that we love and admire, families. And unfortunately, we're at a point in our lives right now that that's been kind of stripped away. But guess what? We can't, we can't cry over that because we're still the church. We're still the church. We still have responsibilities. But guess what? There are times that God wants you to do great things, but not because it's about you. So what do we know? We know, verse 14, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. You know the world's going to consider what you believe in your faith foolishness? And if they don't, maybe, just maybe, they haven't seen enough God in your life. I had a lot of people that mocked me for my faith early. I forgave every single one of them. I said, they don't understand God. One day they will. One day they will. They can't understand because this, the Spirit this showed me and opened up His love to me. They just haven't got there yet. I, I like to refer to non-believers as pre-believers. I'm, the ones I'm praying for right now, they're pre-believers. I'm believing them to be to be to know Jesus one day, to be to, to follow Jesus. So what do we know? I know this. I know that in the latter days there will be great deception. In the latter days, there will be great deception. Those without the Spirit don't accept what we're talking about. There is going to be great deception. And guess what that great deception includes? Some people who call themselves believers. 
Paul taught it in his first letter to the church. Listen, we run this race to win. Right? Training is similar. 1 Corinthians 9. It says this. Right? Well, let me, let me continue on this before I go into that. It says this. The person with the Spirit, verse 15, where we were before. Verse 15. Where are, we are currently in uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 2, verse 15. Here's what it says. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. But such a spirit is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we, watch this, but we have the mind of Christ. Friend, if you're a believer, you have the mind of Christ. So what am I talking about? Talk about latter days, great deception. But we're going to run this race like we're in it to win it. Amen? But only one receives the prize. So what is he saying here? Be competitive. Be the first one to church. That's not what he's talking about. Be the first one in the prayer meeting. No, be the one to give the most. You have to find out what everybody's giving to give more. No, 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 no. You benefit from that. Nobody else benefits from that. You know what he's saying? Your mindset should be, nothing's going to stop me from getting to my goal. Nothing's going to stop me from loving my Jesus. No matter who or what, no matter what stands in my way, I'm going to love Jesus. Hebrews talks about great things as well. We talked about 1 Corinthians. We talk about running the prize. And also, in Hebrews, it talks about we have much to say about this, but it is hard to make clear to you. This is Hebrews 5, verse 11. It is hard to make clear to you because you no longer try to understand. Here, the writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, you don't even want to understand what happened to your faith. You're not running this race anymore. Listen to me. Some of you have this faith in your life that God has given you and you just, you've given up. Can I tell you? Don't give up. Don't give up running. Don't give up chasing him. Don't give up that desire because, because what happens is we, we, we move from milk to meat. But there's some people who've loved the Lord for a long time and they've been on milk for years. They can't discern this from that. They can't discern. Listen, there's a lot of gray areas in this world sometimes to people. I think there are more gray areas to people than there are to God. We want to make gray areas because we want to be politically correct. Listen, the word of God isn't politically correct. I'm sorry to tell you. The word of God is not PC friendly. He calls what it is as it is. If you don't know Jesus, there's a very real hell. If you know Jesus, you will be with me in paradise. Plain and simple. Jesus was late loving and saving people on the cross even. There's two guys to the left and to the right of him. There they are on either side of Jesus. One is like, if you're the Messiah, come down. Do something about it. The other one's like, be quiet, dude. We're dying. We did something wrong. He did it. And what did Jesus do? Today, you will be with me in paradise. Let's look at the other side of this, a side maybe you never thought about. And honestly, to this moment, I didn't think about it. He's looking at one guy saying, today you will be with me in paradise. What was he saying to the other guy? 
by saying you will be with me in paradise, he's saying to the other guy, you haven't figured it out. He's saving one while the other one's a lot, just choosing to go the other route. Guess what? The one that acknowledged who Jesus was, was the one that will be with him in paradise. The other one, God knows. There's a very, there's a very real possibility that there's a hell where he is at right now. That's not politically correct. Pastor Tony, just focus on the positive. That's the problem. There's no discernment in just focusing on the positive. We have to discern what is God and what is right from what is the enemy and what is wrong. We have to call sin, sin. And you cannot do that if you don't have discernment. Fathers, look at me. If you are fathering a home with children, a spouse, you need discernment. Let me tell you two quick things, and here's two quick things. Number one, train yourselves to be focused on what it is that God has for you. Train yourself to be focused on what it is that God has for you. What am I talking about? Hebrews 5.11 in the New American Standard Version says this. Concerning him, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull in hearing. You know what he's doing? He's rebuking. The writer of Hebrews is rebuking the reader, saying, you have been dull from hearing God. Why? Because you've been hearing all the other voices. Now give me a thumbs up if you've ever been here. Watch this. You ever heard the wrong voice and followed the wrong voice? Where did it get you? Nowhere fast, right? We've all been there. There's not a single one of us that haven't been there. That's why we have to train ourselves to be focused. The translation of the word dull, it means sluggish in the original language. Sluggish. So in other words, you have become sluggish in your hearing. You have been relaxed, overly relaxed in your hearing. This season that we're in right now has caused a lot of people to be dull of hearing, sluggish in hearing. Can I encourage you with this? Wake up and let's see what God is doing. Let's move forward together. Let's realize that there is empowerment in knowing what it is that God is doing. That empowerment of discernment. Hebrews 6, 11, 12 says, And we desire that each of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end so that you will not be, watch this, sluggish. But instead, watch this, the end of verse 12. But instead, imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. What did I talk about last week? Empowered by the promises, right? God doesn't want you to be sluggish. He wants you to be empowered by the promises. Let me say the second thought right here, because there's only two points. It's amazing, right? Two points. Watch this. Train yourselves to be godly. Listen, you don't become godly overnight. You can be saved instantaneously, but godliness takes another level of commitment. It takes a daily training every time you worship, every time you pray. Listen, I can't tell you what I had about a month ago. I can't tell you what I ate about three weeks ago, two weeks ago. It was probably a shake in there somewhere. It was probably a bar, a healthy bar. 
But I can't tell you day and hour what it was that I ate. But guess what? For that day, it was very necessary to get to where I am today. My wife and I have been on a journey recently and just health-wise. And it's been, it's been quite a journey. I dropped 15 pounds, met my goal, feel really good you know, physically in myself. And I, I tell you, all of that, where I am today right now, is a series of good decisions that have led me there. A series of committed decisions to get me there. Now let me turn that spiritually for a moment. You may not remember every sermon I've ever preached. If I'm your pastor, you may not remember every sermon I've ever preached, but I bet you at some point or another, there's something that jumped out somewhere in a message that spoke to you right where you're at, telling you this is what you need to do in your life. And the Holy Spirit made that real. Why? Because every day that we're with Him, shapes us to be better than we were yesterday. So every time you pray, every time you give, every time you serve, every time you do whatever it is that you do for the glory of God, you help your neighbor and you do something and whatever that looks like, every time you do that, you know what you're doing? Lifting up the name of Jesus. You're getting closer to him. And that's what brings the sermon because you know what Jesus looks like. If you know what Jesus looks like, you know what the enemy uh, can come in as an angel of light, right? Wait a second, I discern that is not right. So here's what I got to say to you right now. Great musicians spend hours and hours practicing and comparatively, very little time performing. Can we be honest? You spend four times more time practicing than you are, at least, right? Than performing. We had a little run-through just before we started here a little while ago. That was a lot longer than the worship set that we had here. Why? So we were practicing, practicing. Every time you pray, every time you worship, you draw closer. And every time you draw closer, you understand the heart of God. That's how you develop the sermon in your life. That's how you get to the point where instead of trying to shove one of these into where this belongs... Same purpose, same height, different size, different point, different effect. You know, we oftentimes limit ourselves because we think we can just borrow this and borrow that from other people. I'll just, yeah, that's fine. I'll just do this. Oh, that's fine. I'll do that. Can I tell you something right now? God has something for you, a mission for you. This season is a time where the people of God have to hear what is unspoken. That, that's tweetable right there. I'm not going to lie. That's tweetable right there. As people of God, we have, we must be a people that hear the unspoken. That's what the Spirit of God does. Don't expect everything to happen. And let me conclude this in just this thought. Don't expect for everything to happen right all of a sudden. Don't expect somehow to be in a game, an in-game condition after one practice. Hello? One practice is not going to do it. Every time you take time with God, you learn, you discipline yourself. Your sensibility is being trained. But mark this, 2 Timothy, and I'm going to read this passage here real quick. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 
There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Okay, that was just the first two verses. Without love, unforgiving. <laughs> Can I? Do I have to go on? All this is going to take place, and it sounds like today. Treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. But let me go on to verse 12. Jump to verse 12 for a moment. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. How do you limit deception in your life? Discernment. How do you, how do you limit the enemy leading you astray? Discernment. And how do you do that? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always be congruent with His Word. Always. Friend, His Word. And here's my call to you today. If you, are, if you have a teenager at home, you need discernment. If you have a spouse that hasn't put their trust in God, you need discernment. If you work in a spiritually draining environment, you need discernment. If you are in any condition of fear and anxiety, you need discernment. And what do you need in essence? You need the Holy Spirit to activate in your life. Be activated. So what am I saying to you today? I'm saying to you, Choose to need it. Choose to need that voice in your life. Because nothing else matters. Can I pray with you for a moment? Right where you're at? Maybe you're in your living room. Maybe you're in my living room. Maybe you're <laughs> sitting in your recliner. Wherever it is that you find yourself right now. Can I encourage you right now? Just listen to this. God desires for you to see and know Him in deeper ways. The only way that happens... The only way that happens is to pray, God, show me, Holy Spirit, reveal to me what it is you have for me. So right where you're at, I'm going to ask you to bow your head. Right where you're at, just for a moment. I want to pray with you. Father, I'm asking for every person with the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, discern in their lives. Show them what it is that they're supposed to do. Open up the heavens. And reveal to them the truth of your word. We desire discernment. To, be, to have discernment means to know what it is and how to walk in the will of God. That's what we want. To have discernment is to know the will of God for my life right here, right now. That's what we want. That's what we need. I'm asking you in Jesus' name, everyone at the sound of my voice, give them discernment, God. For husbands, for wives, for teenagers that want to live for God. I remember being a teenager living for God, trying to live for God. With all the other voices in my life, it was so hard to discern that. Lord, give that teenager listening right, listening right now discernment that they may know exactly the will of God. Give that husband, that wife, that discernment. Give that person right now that has lost a loved one discernment to know peace, to know you, Jesus. I thank you. I love you and I honor you today. In the name of Jesus, I pray, because there is no other name on the heaven whereby we must be saved except the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, friend, thank you for tuning in. I hope, I hope this prayer right here 
comes true. And you walk away from this broadcast blessed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Listen, you are meant to do great things. Decide today, I need to see it. And the Holy Spirit will let that happen. God bless you. Have a great day. And may God have his Holy Spirit leading you every step of the way.